Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. ESPN NBA insider Jay Williams joins Wolf and Luke to talk NBA and the Suns. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. Holy round ball. Yours truly. Can't help but notice Ron Wolfley how... You're over there taking notes. You watch the Suns game. You take all these notes. Everyone keep it quiet. Dad's watching the Suns over there at the compound. That's right, Paul. You do realize that when DeAndre Ayton, your reigning Western Conference Player of the Week, in that game against the Jazz, when he went for 29 points and 21 rebounds, not just season highs for D.A., but a historic game as he becomes the first Suns player to have at least 28 and 20 rebounds in a game since Amari Stoudemire in 2007. You can never underestimate anyone. If you overestimate, then you underestimate yourself. But it wasn't about the what, Paul. Sorry, yeah. Amari. It was about the how. Exactly. How he did it. Right. Right. So uh, that's what you say. Uh, that's what Amari said. Words to live by then. Still words to live by. More words of wisdom. We go out and bring in Jay Williams, as you, you guys do every single week here from Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Jay, how we doing? There's really two kinds of people in this world uh, at this very moment. Those who stop everything to watch World Cup soccer, Team USA against Iran, and those who do not. So which category are you in, Jay? Well, I'm just thinking, is it Iran or is it Iran? Oh, no. You know, oh, no. We, oh, no. I, oh, boy. What? what? I, I'm, just, I'm just clarifying. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just asking a question. Kyle. Yeah, we talk sports, I, one qualified answer. Yes. So, Paul, I am, uh, and Wolf knows this, I am a diehard sports fan in general. I grew up playing international football, okay? We're not talking about saying blank the scheme like Kyler Murray. Oh, no. We're actually talking about, well, there's a lot, I'm just throwing jabs here, Wolf. I don't know what you guys want. We're talking sports. And, yeah. uh, you know, like, so I, I'm rooting for the USA today. I need them to, I, I need them to get a big-time win, and I'm tired of seeing Christian Ronaldo flop each and every possession. Okay? That's just where I am in life. Honestly, if they fix that part of the game, I might actually watch it. I might actually yeah. watch it. If they Wait, Wolf, you don't watch the, you not watch the World Cup? No, man, I have a hard time. Listen, I, I love all the history behind it. That's the reason why I'll watch it at all, pay attention to it, because I love the history. Are you kidding me? Let's say, oh, Germany's playing France? Really? Okay, well. Hey, Mbappe, though, Wolf, he's one of the best. Or you could play for Saudi Arabia, and if you get one win, you know, then somebody from your country is going to buy everybody Rolls Royce. Oh, my goodness. So there are ways you. to get, you know. You are heavily involved in this stuff. Okay, you know what? I have a problem, Wolf. Before we get into the Suns specifically, I wanted to ask you about uh, Russell Westbrook and Zach Collins. The elbow to Russell Westbrook and Zach Collins getting ejected. I know you saw this right here, and of course, you had LeBron all over it. Uh, Your thoughts on what transpired? I mean, I think it's more of the aftermath, Wolf, that probably gave the sense of urgency for the ejection. Like, to me, like, that's not – from somebody that got fouled like that eight million times when I played basketball, you know, like, I'm not – you can't really control when your body comes down. It's like, hey, I'm going up to get this shot. I'm not, let me just exactly pinpoint my elbow towards the top of your face. That didn't seem right. like it was done intentionally on my part, but it was the aftermath. It was LeBron – running to Russ like it was Bronny Jr., right? right. Like, like when my kid falls down, like that's how LeBron ran towards Russ. I'm like, oh, Amelia, are you okay? Are you bleeding? You know, like it, was, it was more of that that kind of led to the reaction. I, I just thought it was a bogus call. I didn't yeah. think there was a need for there to be ejection at all. 
All right, speaking of, let's talk about the shot that Pat Bev put on DeAndre Ayton. Oh, boy. Because D.A. has been a different player ever since. In fact, after the game where he went for 29 and 21, D. Book's comment after the game was, I don't know what he ate for Thanksgiving. I should have been over there at his house. Okay, was that it? Or do you think finally, finally, we see a D.A. who's triggered, you know, is going into beast mode. Can we believe that this is maybe a permanent attitude adjustment what no. says you jay no 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 i can't believe it i need i need to see it done and sustained for me to believe that it is something because in, in this league of greats like I, I i don't i don't overreact you know it's like when i was on the horn with you guys several weeks ago well if i'm not sure you're there but we were talking to luke about the fact he was like a lot of injuries and should we be worried i'm like hey look like i am even kill especially when it comes to championship teams. And one of the things I've always waited for as it relates to the Suns is the next tier to see if DeAndre Ayton could not only get there, because you see glimpses of it all the time. I need it sustained. So, like, that's one question I would ask you guys. Like, you guys watch Sun games just as much as I do. Like, with what you've seen thus far, like with this tenure there, do you think it's sustainable? Or do you need to see it sustained before you can actually believe it's true? Because I'm part of the latter. Yeah, no, Jay, I can tell you right now, man, uh, there's an old saying in the game of football, one's a point, two's a trend, three's a pattern. And that's why it's so interesting to me, because I think we have seen him play three games now um, that have been very, very physical. I'm all about the how you go about your business. It's not just the what. DA's always been a double-double machine for the most part. It's the how that everyone wants to see him develop. The force. Monty Williams calls it playing with force. That's what he wants to see from DA. And we have not seen that up until, I would say, the last three games is it possible that it was so embarrassing is it possible that this could be an epiphany for deandre ayton at this point of his career because i don't know about you jay will but i will tell you in my own career there was that point where the light bulb went on in the shed and i finally got it and truly understood what it was i needed to be in order to get all of my ability out onto the field. I'm wondering if DA is going through the same thing right now. Well, there is nothing more that I want than for that light switch of aggression and anger to stay on. I walk in and out of rooms every day in my house. Light switch goes on and off, light switch on and off, on and off. Like, I want to be able to walk into that room with the Phoenix Suns and be like, wow, this light switch has been on for a day. What the, yeah. what, this light switch has been on for a week, a month, yeah. a year. What, yeah, I want to see it stay. I am, I am willing to pay the light bill, Wolf, if, if we can keep the light on. Because you know what? I actually want to see Chris Paul win the world championship. I want to see Devin Booker rewarded for what he deserves. I want to see Monty Williams, who I think is one of the most underrated and one of the best coaches in the game of basketball, be rewarded. And I've said this for years now. DeAndre Ayton is the missing link for this to happen. Yeah. Like, he needs to be that aggressive player all the time. And But, you know, well, well, I, I guess the question I have is, can players find that aggression and then maintain it? Like we've always we talked about players that are like Tracy McGrady or you know Vince Carter, some of the best players, Hall of Famers that have had incredible careers. 
but you always wondered if they were able to find that anger and sustain it. Could they get to that Kobe Bryant level? Could they get to that Michael Jordan level? And I often find myself wondering with DeAndre, like, can you get to that Shaq level? I'm not saying physically, but that guy just played angry when he did get angry and just dominate all the time. In fact, later we're going to hear a, a clip from his documentary that's on HBO right now where Shaq had the epiphany in high school where he thought he was Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was his guy, and he's coming down with the finger rolls and the behind the back, and he's <laughs> trying to look all pretty. And his military father came onto the floor and said, forget that, dunk the basketball. And Shaq was so mad at his dad that he said, okay, I'll dunk the basketball. And that was the epiphany right there. Yeah. And with DeAndre Ayton, we saw it on the run to the NBA Finals. You right. saw an aggressive DA, but I want to see it against Joel Embiid. I want to see it against Rudy Gobert. Thank I want to you. see him stand up and not back down. Even against Anthony Davis a couple of weeks ago, he looked timid. Paulie, your dad never did that, though, did he? By the way, Jay, I'm going to take, you know, your beloved NBA. If you want flopping, what about the likes of Manu Ginobili back in the day and Vladi uh, Divas? You know, you're bagging on Ronaldo, okay? Don't, don't act like there's no flopping in the NBA, Jay. Hey, hey, look, I, it takes one to know one, Paul. You know, that's all. Exactly. It takes one to know one. Oh, my goodness. All right. Jay, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Uh, all right, guys. Have a good okay, one. Okay, man. Talk to you. Yeah, there you go. Jay Williams, uh, always good stuff right there. I tell you what, um, you want a, you know, high school student with great character deserving of a $10,000 scholarship? Hey, we want to hear about them and how they make an impact on our community. Just text character to 62620. That's character to 62620 and share their story. All right. Cliff Kingsbury said it was a point of emphasis to play more physical, right? Speaking of DA and playing physical, should that give the Cardinals fans hope a little bit? Uh, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Calvisi sitting in on the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Once again, Ron Wolfley having a worse month than cryptocurrency. There was the missing tooth, actually teeth. And then there was the face plan on the treadmill. And you know what? Because these things happen in threes, Paulie Pencilnet giving Wolf a beatdown for these four hours here on Wolf and Luke on the local sports leader. You know what's amazing about that, Paulie? It wasn't the treadmill that knocked my teeth out there. There was no correlation whatsoever between losing my teeth and, and the treadmill incident, Paul. Interesting. Are you still doing the uh, intermittent starvation? Are you still no. doing that, by the way? No, I don't do that, Polly, at all. I just, you know what, burn more calories than I take in. How about you, Polly? How no, are you who doing? Was it? it was Pash who was doing it. It was oh, intermittent yeah. fasting is what it was. Intermittent fasting right now. Cliff Kingsbury's big on doing that, uh, and so is Dave Pash. Cliff Kingsbury? I mean, he's Mr. Abs. What does he need yeah, intermittent I, I, no, fasting yeah. for? You know, that's what he says, Polly. He yeah. says he loves well, doing it right there. And of course, Dave Pash loves yeah. the intermittent fasting. Whatever, David, he needed it though. He did had, you? Uh, he had a little. He had a little gonna bulge say, going right there. Paul. Did you or did you not accuse Dave Pash once upon a time, Dave Fruit Plate Pash, yes. of having a gut? Yes. I mean, he, he you had know, the gut you lap disease, Paul. You know, you've hit rock bottom when you're getting fat shamed by Wolf at this point. So, right, Dave, exactly. that's a sobering moment for his you. Belly done lapped over his belt. Speaking of, Cardinals need to look in the mirror, do they not, during the bye week. They need to say to themselves, okay, where, how do we get better? What exactly is the M.O.? What's our DNA of this team? What's the identity of this team going forward? And Kelvin Beecham after the game. Ron Wolfley, you were on the air. We actually paying attention, unlike this show, we're actually paying attention to our post-game locker room interview after that 25-24 loss to the Chargers. 
because I think they did a really good job of pressure on second downs. Um, and I think as the game wore on, we started to get a beat on that. Um, and I think that second down and, you know, second down and nine that we had backed up that they blitzed us on um, and, and sacked us on. I mean, it really, it really hurt us. Um, you know, they would have stopped the clock. We weren't able to get many yards and we put our defense uh, on the field and, and in a short position, you know. But at the end of the day, it's, a, it's all about the turnover battle. And we had two turnovers. And uh, you're not supposed to win if you have two turnovers. But even in spite of that, as, as you know, stupid as we played today, uh, we set out an opportunity to close the game out and we didn't do so. Stupid. You, you didn't like the football IQ? Not at all. How so? I mean, there's an opportunity, again, to close the game out with you know, two drives in the fourth quarter. Uh, and offenses that are of, of playoff caliber are able to do so. And we didn't do that today. Paula, you know what? Listen, you were there. You were the one asking the questions. It was an excellent follow up by you with a furrowed brow, I'm sure. What did Calvin Beach, what do you think he meant by that? The stupid football, Paul. What do you think he meant by that? And, and that was my follow up quote stupid football. He said, as stupid as we played today. Same thing. Yes. So, what does that mean exactly? So, media to English translation dictionary. Yes, okay. That in hindsight, Obviously, things could have and should have been different down the stretch. Right. Those last three, three and outs, that generated a total of 16 yards. That final three and out possession took all of 31 seconds off the clock. That's it. Was it the play calling? Was it the inability to come off the ball and generate a running lane for James Conner? Was it a drop pass by Trey McBride? Was it all the above? Yeah. Was it was it all the above? I have no idea. Was it the execution as well? And the problems that they had executing in that fourth quarter was real. And it wasn't just Kyler Murray. It was not. It was everybody on that offense. Go back and look at the tape. Those last four possessions where they, they ran 11 plays and they gained 16 yards. And I'm not even going to count the last possession where there was only two plays, Paulie. 15 seconds left. Don't even count that. No. Man. Just look at the fact they had those three three and outs in the fourth quarter right there. What could he have possibly meant by that? To me, it I think, I think, and this was pure speculation. I said it at the time. It's pure speculation. But to me, it's got to be more about, hey, you know what? Why not throw the ball on first and ten? When everyone thinks you're going to run it. When everyone thinks you're going to... You know what's one of the most high-profile ways that you can do it? One one of the most high-percentage ways that you can actually throw the football... Lay it on me. ...on first and ten, Polly. You put a quarterback under center. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden, you boot or waggle him. Boot to the strength of the formation. Waggle to the weak side of the formation. You get him out on the edge where he has the option of, Oh, look, there's somebody there. Well, you can fake it and try to run around the guy like we've seen Kyler Murray do in the past, right? You can hold the ball and just flat out run it all the way. Um, Or you can hit the high percentage dink to a tight end who's in the flat right there, just the same way the Seattle Seahawks did to the Arizona Cardinals at State Farm Stadium. In the exact same situation in the fourth quarter when everybody thought you were going to run. Here they come, Geno Smith on the boot and the little dink to a tight end in the flat. The guy ran how many yards? 35, I believe, down the sideline. Um, 
And you advance, Joseph, right. screaming, the boot, the boot. The boot. We, we practice about the, the boot. boot, you know. And again, why would they run that play in that situation? It's a high percentage play. And yet it's highly effective when the other team thinks you're going to run the ball. It's one of the reasons why this offense, I think, still needs to grow. It does. And the place it needs to grow is in that situation with Kyler under center. So that final possession, the final three now, we're not counting the last two plays. They actually gave it to James Conner up the middle. No game. Yeah. Next play, Kyler Murray sacked for negative six yards. We remember that. They sent the corner blitz, and he came off the edge. That was something else that Kelvin Beecham cited after the game, that they were consistently seeing pressure on second down, that Brandon Staley was dialing it up, that on second down it was consistent. They were getting numbers. The blitz, here it comes. Right. Should the Cardinals have reacted accordingly? Maybe that's what he was talking about, Paulie. There's a real possibility that was it right there. Once again, it wasn't like they didn't try. Um, they did try to run James Conner. But you had Tranquil, who actually came downhill, shot the gap. That was a blitz. You had the Mike linebacker, the inside linebacker for the Chargers, shoot the gap. Polly. On an inside run play like that, there's a dual block where a guard or a tackle had that responsibility to pick up Tranquil. That was his guy at the second level. There was a mental error. Because somebody was not ready for a run-through on the blitzing linebacker when James Conner got hit in the backfield, and it was a negative play. They were trying to run the ball. This is the reason why, Paul, it's always a dicey proposition when you say, you know what, why, why wouldn't you do that? Why, why? It was play calling. Why would you run it up the middle plate? No, it wasn't. There was nothing wrong with a play call. It was the execution of that play. And that's what happens when you play the game of football. And it's the reason why many, many coaches have lost jobs throughout their careers. Because suddenly the Jimmys and the Joes weren't doing what the X's and O's said they were supposed to do. And that is a problem, and it was a problem with the Cardinals. It's execution. It's not the play. It's not the play call. It's the player. It's execution. By the way, when it comes to the play calling, the Cardinals actually ran it more than they threw it. Yes. James Conner had 25 carries. And yesterday during his press conference, Cliff Kingsbury said, look, coming off the Monday night loss where they thought the Niners were more physical, especially in that second half. Um, You know, Brian Atkin and Steve Hyden got together and um, had some thoughts, different ideas. And, um, you know, like I said, I think it was more about the physical play up front. Those guys uh, really took pride this week. And. After the previous week, we didn't think we, we played as physical as we needed to, stepped up and uh, created some, some nice running lanes. And I thought James finished runs downhill, and so that was positive. But schematically, um, you know, there, there's similarities, and obviously those guys are going to put their own spin on things as well. By the way, I asked two different offensive linemen after the game yeah. whether it was a different run scheme. They said no. It, yeah. it wasn't different run plays that they put into the playbook, in case you're wondering. Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. DeAndre Ayton, as he turned a corner, oh, you heard what Jay Williams had to say. Interesting. We'll revisit that next. Wolf and Luke Calvisi sitting in on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, 
the local sports leader. You know what I'm getting really sick of already, Ron Wolfley? Uh, your frat boy music? When I... Yeah. No, uh, by the way, yeah, I, I'll, I'll let you know what is, you know, possible and plausible and acceptable when it comes to the music around here. I should have sent that in beforehand just to let you know. No red hot chili peppers is what I'm saying, basically. That's the third rail around here. What was it like, Polly, to be in a frat house? Here's what the thing. Was it like? Here's the thing. We'll get into that on Friday with Lorenzo Alexander since he used to clear out the <laughs> frat houses that I would frequent back wait in the days. Oh, wait a minute, Paul. No, I don't want to get into that right now. What I'm getting really sick of is when I ask a question during the break, right, and you don't answer it, then Maloney answers it because she knows all, and then you act like you knew it all along when you didn't. So I don't need any of that around here. What's your point, Paul? What you need, Ron Wolfley, some free advice for you over here from Calvisi Consulting is to go to HBO, and in addition to watching this week's Hard Knocks, because that's your homework assignment, I want you to fire up the Shaquille O'Neal documentary. Okay, the Shaq doc. At least episode one. That's that's, that's as far as I've gotten so far. Okay. that's all you need. If you're talking about DeAndre Ayton, you need to talk about Shaquille O'Neal. You know, on Sesame Street, this show is brought to you by the word, well, today's show is brought to you by the word epiphany. Okay. Because that's exactly what Shaquille O'Neal had happened to him, courtesy of his very strict military father. It was in high school, and there was an epiphany, and we'll let Shaq tell the story. Senior year in high school, Magic Johnson was my guy. So I'm smooth with the ball, look away past. I cross this dude up and have go, ooh. I go to give a nasty finger roll and I miss. All of a sudden, I see this big dude walk on the court and it's my father, Sarge. He said, call a timeout. Yes, sir. He said, what you doing? Man, I'm just working on my magic. Oh, that. You should kill him there. Don't get every And the boys knew what happened. I know the stars have touched me up. I looked at him. He was like, hey, give me a That's all you had to say, bro. When I dunk, I was so I wanted to break the rim off for him. Oh, this is what you want me to do? Mmm, mmm. This is good enough for you, stars? Mmm, mmm, Everybody's scared. Terrified. And the shack Whoa. attack was born. His senior year of high school. Yeah. Instead of being a seven-foot Magic Johnson, oh, my pretty with the no look and the behind the back and the finger rolls. No. Yeah. Dunk it. Attack the rim. You're bigger and badder than everyone else on the floor. Use that physicality to your advantage, and he never looked back. You know, Paulie, that's what I'm talking about. Do you think he was embarrassed when his dad actually did that? You, you bet. Think? You heard him. He was he was incensed. He was indignant. Indignant, Paulie. He was embarrassed, of course, when his father actually did that. And I totally understand that. This is a life epiphany, if you will. This is something that I think has to happen to everyone. Every professional athlete, no matter if you're playing baseball, if you're playing football, basketball, I would say hockey, yes, no doubt about it, a physical sport. The more physical the sport becomes, the more epiphany um, you you also have to have, Polly. And I think in regard to effort and giving effort on the field, um, giving effort on the ice, giving effort on the court, I think you've got to have that. The physicality part of basketball, nobody talks enough about it, in my opinion. It's a physical, physical game. 
When you're talking about bodies, yes, they're not trying to actually drive you into the ground like the game of football. But when you talk about playing 82 games over the course of a regular season and then the postseason, and you're big and you're banging away, that gets physical. You better believe it. Especially in the playoffs which is where the sun season really starts, the postseason. Yes, and I've always held out hope that DeAndre Ayton at some point in time was going to have an epiphany. He was going to to be embarrassed at some point in time. As a matter of fact, I thought it was this past off season. This past off season, where suddenly, yes, uh, they, there was a question as to what they were going to do with DeAndre Ayton. Were they going to trade DeAndre? You know, they went ahead and extended. They gave him the max, DeAndre Ayton, right? And um, for me, Polly, that was an embarrassing moment because it wasn't a slam dunk when they did it, right? Obviously, it was not. And he was on the trading block twice he was before on the they gave him the max extension. Exactly right, Polly. So I thought maybe that would be the embarrassing moment that would get his attention and he would realize I need to go out and I need to play with force. Like Monty always says, I need to be more physical. It's not just a rebound, it's ripping the rebound from the glass. It's not just scoring two points on a bunny. It's slamming it down. Slamming it. Because, again, it's it's an intense game. It's an aggressive game. And it's a physical game. The game of basketball. It is, especially for a big, down low. So why not embrace that? What was going to be the turning point for DeAndre Ayton? What could it possibly be? Something so embarrassing that would get his attention. And I'm going to go to the Pat Bev thing. I'm going to go to the Pat Bev. That was pretty embarrassing, Paul. So, And I wonder if somebody said something. I wonder if somebody, one of his teammates, said something about him when he was talking about that incident after the game and joking about it. How ridiculous it! Oh, my leg, I got knocked out and my leg went up into the air, right? I'm just wondering if somebody said, do you know how embarrassing that is? That that you did not respond hey, after that? I was embarrassed for him just watching. I it. was embarrassed for him as well. Well, guess what, Polly? He did on Friday night, he did on Saturday night, and he did it again last night on Monday. To me, one's a point, two's a trend, three's a pattern. This is the best I've seen DeAndre Ayton play. And again, not just the numbers, but how he played. The physicality as well. It's the best three-game stretch I think I've seen him play. Mm, Seriously? From that perspective. Yes. Including the 2021 run to the NBA Finals. Yes, I do. I think think these are the three most physical games back-to-back-to-back that I've seen him play. What I said the first time. By the way, uh, so what you're saying is that maybe, just maybe, this Pat Bev moment might be akin to the epiphany again that Shaq experienced when his dad came onto the floor and said... Forget that. Yeah. Dunk it. Right. So if DA's wondering, okay, what that was like for Shaq, here's his response. And I can remember the first time I got the ball and dunked it. Man, this is what I've been dreaming about all my life. So he went from playing pretty boy basketball right. to breaking backboards. 
it matters how you do things. It matters how you do it. Once again, not just do your job. It matters how you do it. And doing it physically, slamming the ball down, is very similar to a guy like Quentin Nelson. Watch Quentin Nelson play. It's not good enough to jack that three technique, that defensive tackle. It's not good enough to do that. you got to bury him. You're talking about the Colts All-Pro guard. I'm talking about the Colts All-Pro guard, Paulie. How you do things matters. That's what it's like. When you dunk it, that's what you're saying. I'm not only doing my job, I'm doing my job to a point. It's going to inspire everyone else around me. That's the reason why it matters. Look what D.A. has done to his head coach, Monty Williams, who wouldn't even speak about D.A. when training camp started for the Suns. And now, after being named Western Conference Player of the Week for the first time, Monty says, and I quote, that young man has been coming to the gym at crazy hours, lifting with the coaches so that he can be prepared for moments like this. It's good to see him have monster games against really good teams. Yep. Maybe, just maybe, an epiphany in the making. Uh, Kenny Dillingham. New ASU head coach, what should be his first order of business? Uh, You know what? You're going to have an answer to that question next, whether you like it or not. And then I'll tell you how you're wrong. It's Wolf and Luke, Paul Calvisi, (laughs) sitting in on the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. All right, here's a question for you, Ron Wolfley, your brand and know-it-all radio. You'll love this. Ready? Yeah. Thanks for the energy. Thanks thanks for really bringing it here on, on this Tuesday. My yeah, goodness. I knew I was going to have to Bob? carry this show. I didn't know I'd have to be the energy guy as well. Where's the coffee? Uh, Kenny Dillingham. Kenny. Is he 1-0 as the ASU head coach? Did yes. he win the press conference? He won the press conference. Dilly, Paul. dilly. How about you, Paulie? Do you Good. think he won the press conference? Well, it was a comeback win. Oh, a comeback. Comeback win because uh, the way it started with an angry Ray Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had to fight back from a deficit. I thought that that was a minus. Okay. Ray Anderson up there. and I mean, is Ray Anderson the athletic director or is he a professor? Because it seemed like he was lecturing everybody, including saying this. And we came to, very frankly, a unanimous and exciting decision that we had our man in Kenny Dillingham. I don't think he smiled once. Yeah. He might have said some of the right things. Right. The tone and the demeanor and just, uh, yeah. Kenny Dillingham had to dig that press conference out of a hole after it was tossed to him from wow. Ray Anderson. You know, I never thought about that, Paulie. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. So it's the, interesting. Those, You're seeing the contrast, huh? This, the whole get off my lawn act. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, I didn't, I don't know. Paulie, so, yeah, but once again, was Ray Anderson trying to win the press conference? He doesn't no, have to win the No, press he was conference. trying to admonish the media, I social see. media. That's, I, that's I what I think you. he was trying well, to do. You know, a Twitter talk guys Polly. so once again whether you're one and oh oh and one whatever uh guess what uh that doesn't go on your coaching record winning the press conference so now you got to assemble a team so with that in mind what should the first order of business be for the brand new head coach the 32 year old kenny dillingham you know what honestly Polly, it's got to be to recruit the phoenix area much better than what asu has done of course under the herm edwards era he's got to reestablish all 
all of the local connections, not just in Phoenix as well, Paul. I'm talking about down in Tucson. You can do it down there, Paul, in Tucson. We all know the old joke, Danny White, don't you? Don't bring up Danny White. No. How he'd never eat a meal down in Tucson. He would never do it right. Just don't bring up Danny White, Polly. Danny White, I might add. Um, Well, can I disagree with you just right off the bat? Is that allowed on this show, on these airwaves? Can I just disagree with this whole narrative that you must, thou must recruit Arizona, thou must recruit the local high schools? I mean, you need talent, Wolf. You don't necessarily need homegrown talent. You just need talent. If it comes from SoCal or Texas or Florida... I don't really care. Yeah, just Paul. bring in some talent. Okay, Polly. So playmakers. You know what, Polly? Honestly, this said by somebody that is from California or actually stayed. Uh, what was it? Paul? Specify NorCal. Um, can I? I don't want to be associated right? with SoCal. Paul, stop it. Just go ahead and recruit. Arizona and do it better than anyone else. Okay. Recruit your own first. That's the first order of business here. Why do I say that, Polly? Have you noticed, Paul? I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I know here you've we been go. busy, Paul. Here I we know go. You, you have. You've been Condescending busy. shot in no, three, I'm two, just saying, one. Paul, have you noticed the population has exploded here in Phoenix? In particular. Wolf, have you noticed your property values? Yeah, Paulie. And I, I do have, mean plural of fact. values. <laughs> just, <laughs> just stop it. All right, look it. Um, you know, Paul, this this has this has become um, a a very competitive place in terms of high school recruits and recruiting. It's become much better in terms of football recruiting. It has become a little hot bread basket, if you will, of football recruiting here in the basin, Maricopa County. This is something that you need to take advantage of locally first. And I think Kenny Dillingham understands that it's the reason why I love the fact he was from Chaparral High School. Right, and it's a reason why he's retaining Sean Aguano. One yes. reason, those. Yes, it's a reason why Charlie Ragel is coming back. All these high school connections, especially in the Valley, I get it, and and, and eventually that obviously is going to be a big point of emphasis. But his first order of business—that was the question. The first order of business, I believe, is to re-recruit all his own players to make sure that Elijah Badger doesn't bolt doesn't transfer out remember the transfer portal opens december 5th yes which is the reason why all these college coaches have been named here in the past few days the past week because you got to get your order of business in line by the time the transfer portal opens up jalen conyers your tight end you better make sure he doesn't transfer out he had a heck of a finish to this season because remember what happened at the end of last season oh i don't know you lost Jaden daniels to lsu you lost your two best receivers ricky pearsall Johnny Wilson went to Florida State, right? You lost your freshman All-American linebacker, Eric Gentry, to USC. You lost Chip Trainum to Ohio State, the running back. Chip Trainum. I mean, this is only a four-hour show. I don't have enough time to go through all the players who transferred out of ASU the end of last season and the offseason. Yes. you got to make sure you identify who's worth keeping and you re-recruit those guys. Yeah, you know what, Paulie? Uh, I think I was thinking more on a macro level. You're more on the micro right now, Paulie. You're like first it's order said, of business. first right order here. of business. I'm just saying. You're, well, you're looking at the... What now? For one what? thing, I will say is Ty Thompson, the four-star quarterback 
out of Arizona, who was the Arizona Gatorade Football Player of the Year, who was offered by ASU first, but ended up at Oregon. So played under Kenny Dillingham oh, okay. last year. I mean, Bo Nix was the starter, but we did see Ty Thompson a couple times. You know, could Ty Thompson then want to come back home? Maybe Caleb Williams to USC with Lincoln Riley. You're saying Ty Thompson comes with Kenny Dillingham. Dot, dot, Maybe dot. Bo Nix. He has one year left. Well, you know, once again, uh, this is one of the things I was going to say. I love the fact that Kenny Dillingham has ties to the SEC. I love the fact that Kenny Dillingham comes here from where, Paul? Oh, Oregon, right? I love the fact, because now with this NIL world and the transfer portal that we live in right now, free agency is alive and well, alive and well. And not only that, never forget this, ASU is the land of opportunity. (laughs) Oh, you think you can play in the NFL? You think you're getting railroaded because you're third team up there with the Oregon Ducks? Or you're out there with Alabama and you're buried as a three technique? You're third string and rarely ever going to see the field when you could actually transfer to ASU? And you could start. This is the land of opportunity. And you've got a young up-and-coming head coach that is going to play that card over and over and over again. And it's the reason why I think Kenny Dillingham can turn this program around quickly. Because it's not just about the NIL. It is not. It isn't. If you've got a dream of playing in the National Football League, guess what you've got to be able to do at the college level first? Play. <laughs> you've got to see the field for them to see you. And that's something that Kenny Dillingham and ASU has going for them more than anything else, the land of opportunity. Okay, but don't say they have NIL going for them because to hear the decision makers at the press conference, that's another deficit they're digging their way out of. To hear Ray Anderson talk about NIL like it just debuted yesterday, I mean, the Sun Devils are two years behind on that front. No doubt about it, Paulie, but once again, never forget, the NIL will never come close to a 10-year career in the NFL, a 12-year career in the NFL. What do you need in order to get into the NFL? You need playtime above all else. You need to get on the field. And if you're buried on, on some roster in Alabama, you're, you're buried in some SEC school down in Florida as a wide receiver never seeing the field. Hey, this is, this is what Kenny Dillingham is going to play. That card is going to be played often. What I need is for you to get on your phone and order some lunch to be catered in. That's that's what I need. I need lunch delivered muy pronto around here. Okay, a little something for the effort, Wolf, as Paulie Pinchitter sits in. Uh, Speaking of, up next, we'll go through the top stories of the day with Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Calvisi sitting in for Luke. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.